Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Welcome to the Blue Room on this new addition to our free service. Uh, this is just something we're going to be doing every week from now on to give people out there who may not be totally aware of what we do over on Blue Room Extra a little bit of an insight into it. So we'll be playing some of the highlights from the week of content just gone. So this includes some segments from the Subscribers Weekly Show where myself, Dave Downey and Paddy Boyland have a chat about Michael Keane and his form this season. From the Kickabout Show, we discuss what Everton are all about and is it important that we actually have to get Everton, uh, Dave and Rob Vera, doing the main of the discussion on that one. Earlier in the week, I caught up with the Guardian's Jacob Steinberg as well to have a chat about West Ham and what Everton can expect from their opponents on Saturday. And the final clip on this one is from our mailbag show where Les got round with Paul Dargan, Owen Parks and Jake Mills and answer some of your questions. Um, if you want to hear a little bit more from us, it's patreon.com slash extra. We do 20 hours extra content a month to the stuff we put out for free on this feed and it costs around 3 99 It works out at around 13p a show. So here's some of the highlights from this week's Blue Room Extra. Sit back, relax and enjoy. When you've got a system and a shape that is, you know, much maligned right now, isn't it? Everybody talking about four two three one and how you won't veer from that and that sort of thing. I also think that if you remember back to last season, Silvers when things weren't going well, when they started to deteriorate after that game at Anfield, that's when the zonal marking come into question really heavily, um, really scrutinised by everybody. And as did the the line in which he played, he liked to play this high line with his defence. I do wonder that. When when teams even look even Burnley when when Michael Keane was at Burnley and they still had a a really good setup and season didn't concede many goals particularly at home we everybody knows the Burnley story mm. when Burnley are going through a hard time I would suggest that Michael Keane 
alongside Tarkovsky and whoever else he partnered in his time there, weren't subject to the difficult conditions that you find when Everton are playing poorly. So by that I mean, if Burnley lose games, they never got hammered. So I don't think Burnley have been hammered, apart from ourselves, really, ironically, <laughs> yeah. when we went there on uh, Boxing Day last year. But it feels to me that those Burnley performances when they lost games, the highlight wouldn't particularly be on something an individual had done wrong. It wouldn't be on, like, oh, Michael Keane's responsible for that goal. It'd be very much about the collective because that's what that mindset was like at Burnley and that's how they defended. Very much in close quarters, mm. very compact and basically soaked up a lot of pressure in, in Premier League games. It's having a not... style that suits him, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say our style at the moment suits Michael Keane. That's exactly what I'm saying. So you, you fast forward to a situation where Everton aren't playing well. He's going to stick out like a sore thumb because... That defensive line just isn't built for him. He's, he hasn't got the pace to cope with that, I believe. Silver started getting it right towards the back end of last season. And, and like we've said many times, Kurt Zuma seems to be the one that will bail us out if we were found wanting and turning running back to our, towards our own goal. Um, uh, you know, you think back to that fantastic challenge he put in on Mo Salah when he looks certain mm. to score a, a Goodison in the derby when he's running towards the park end. Um, it felt like everything was on. Uh, the, the high yeah. wire to, to uh, borrow a quote from you Matt that you've used in the past and yeah it, it unfortunately feels like we're back to that that sort of situation with him he, he very much feels like a momentum player yeah. and he's not somebody who stands out as a top performer but you know it's difficult to when you're losing games anyway but you can make that case for Mina I think if you look at Yeri Mina we, what, we collectively watched that Burnley game and Mina was far from bad was he I thought he was Everton. Mina was Everton's oh, best yeah. player yeah. against Burnley. Yeah. So uh, what I'm saying is, you, I, I don't ever expect that from Michael Keane. If Everton losing, and look, it's a byproduct of losing games that your defence do take the, the the flack that comes with mm. it. But you look at that Burnley game, got beat one nil. Yeah, okay, it was an embarrassing performance, I think, for many players. But he was he was okay. I was happy with Jenny Mina's defensive display. Keane doesn't strike me as the type of player who would ever come out with that praise in inverted commas uh, when you've lost the game you know what I mean yeah. I don't think he, he's the type I think but I, I, what I'm trying to say is that there's no coincidence between when Everton are playing poorly Michael Keane doesn't play well and it might be an obvious sort of thing to link yeah. but it feels like he, he he's in imperative towards playing well really and it's quite a concern when he does look so fragile at times I, I wouldn't say he's a momentum player with that in mind though do you I, think? I, I think he, I think his, I think what we've seen from him at, Ever, at Everton so far <coughs> is that his performances are very much a product of his environment. And if you put him in a team, which <coughs> if you, I think there's probably two things you could say about Keane. I'd say if you put him in a team which sits deep, and he's got a centre back five yards next to him and a full back five yards to the other side, and two sitting midfielders in front of him, like he had at Burnley, he'll be fine. And I think the other thing you could say about him is if you put a really good recovery defender next to him like Kurt Zuma and one of the best holding midfielders in the world in front of him in a dressy guy and you could play a bit more expansive football, then he'll probably be fine as well. And I think we've seen, we've seen that throughout his, throughout his career. But if you put him in a system where... Basically, he's not very adaptable. He's not a very adaptable player, is he? And that's because he's not got the technical he's gifts. By his yeah, own doesn't that? Yeah, he's not got the technical gifts or the physical gifts. I just, I, I don't really, I don't really think there's been a point where he's like what you like what you're saying there in regards to he's putting a really good performance in it in a, in a setup which doesn't really suit him there's not there's not been a, like a, a moment where I thought oh he's, he's done outstanding there and you know we've got a bare bones defense and a scratch midfield in front of him he's, he's not really stood up and and, and and done something like that 
it's it's very much it feels like when the conditions are there and it might feel like a bit of a stretch to say but when he's in a bit of a comfort zone in that sense when he, when he's when he's pushed out of that comfort zone he's maybe got to be a bit more aggressive be a bit more decisive be a bit more of a leader then we haven't really seen him get a grip of that defense and and, and show it yet. I think he, it's, he's, he's got to. It feels very much to me as though he's got to be cushy. He's got he's got to have a cushy setup in regards to whether it suits him or not. In terms of the Burnley way of playing, or what we had last season, where we just had two fantastic players, one to the front of him, one to the other side of him, who could bail him out at times, and he could just focus on doing what he's good at. Otherwise, it just feels as though his game breaks down a little bit. But should we be having conversations about the centre half that way? I, I can understand if you're talking about. Gilfie Sigurdsson being the square peg in a, in a round hole. I know he's obviously a whipping boy right now and probably justifiably so for many people. But if you're having those conversations about the defender where they need to be in a comfort zone, surely then we should be questioning, is this lad fit for purpose? As our centre well, I, think, I, think some, I think a lot of people are. But I think it's a perfectly fair question because yeah. everything you've just said there is absolutely bang on. Everything Paddy said there as well rings true about Michael Keane and his time with the club. And it... it Open my eyes a little bit wider to the fact that he does need a comfort blanket by him. That might be a little bit harsh of a, of a word to use, a um, couple of words to use, but it does feel as if the environment needs to be tailored to his needs in order for him to thrive. Surely centre-halves, almost by nature, traditional ones at least, are the defiance to that rule. Mm. They'll run through a brick wall all of those sort of cliches that you hear about rugged centre-halves would you say he's aggressive not at all would you say he's a tenacious defender no and I mean that that, I think he's uh, he seems uh, you know you think back on his time and and, and what comes to your mind when you mention Michael Keane it feels to me like he's a really passive sort of defender as in he'll coast through games without any real Highlight. He's a good header of the ball. I'll give him that. He I think. doesn't have outsta- an outstanding trait, does he? No. And, no. and the other thing about Silver Paddy, and, and think one of the things that probably excited him about working with him was his work on the ball, too, and, and maybe having a license to bring it out. <sighs> I don't like that at all. Well, because Keane wanted the attention to detail. What, yeah. they, what they were told, what his camp were told, was that Silver went into minute detail with regards to what he expected from certain players. And that kind of feeds into what you're saying, Matt, about him almost needing to be micromanaged, needing that kind of perfect environment in which to thrive. And I, I totally agree with your point. Would then we say that Yerry Mina is the one that would has stepped up in the face of adversity? I think he probably did against Burnley. So you're mm. already kind of making an argument there yourselves about the mm. future of that defence. But, I mean, somebody asked me, it's interesting, somebody asked me the other day, because we were talking about Michael Keane, and said, well, OK, who, who's actually played well so far this season and who's Everton's player of the season so far? And I really, really struggled to name somebody that, that mm. has kind of consistently been decent. Yerry Mina was actually the closest I got. Yeah. And I can still pinpoint games where I, I, I think he dropped below kind of six, five out of ten. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really difficult question to answer that. I, I couldn't... Because oh, it was know, Pickford at the start of the season, wasn't it? Pickford was the one that bailed well, Everton out. Yeah. Routinely against Palace and against Watford and and various other teams. Carvalho. Lewin. <laughs> well, I think yeah. he's been nowhere near as bad as some people have yeah, made out. So uh, I actually think he's been all right I think so far this season. T- 
And there will be people saying, see, we always needed someone who got Everton or some bullshit like that. And I just, you know, and, 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 and it'll be, I feel like we'll just be back to repeating the same cycle. You can't, you can't keep going back to the past and thinking that that's going to work because we've, we've always proven that as much as that weird stat is out there about how only people with, what is it? Only people who've played for the club have won trophies. Have you guys seen that, that, that yeah, little nugget yeah. brought up? Okay. That is, that is a coincidence guys. That is not a, that is not a, that's core. That is not a, a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be really clear about that. That is some very particular circumstances that worked in a different era of football. It does not do, happen anymore. Do you know what, so, Rob? I, I see stats like that and think about it's not a stat even well, it's a, it's a, it's a nugget. It's a trivia. Item. Well, I see things like that. And sometimes go who on earth do we think we are? And who on earth do some of our fans think we are? What yeah. what what makes our football club? You know, we all love Everton sometimes, you know, and we all invest a lot into this. But what what makes our football club so special that you have to do this? You've got to get it thing in, in inverted commas. You know what what it, what, what, ego, what, yeah, what, what is what is that to, to get about Everton? You know what what makes us so different from any any, <clears throat> any other club in this league that you know you you've got to have played for the club for so many years and you know you, you know you've got to have had experience to be able to to do a good job as a manager. It's it's absolute nonsense. You mm. know I look at that sometimes. Think what's that got to do with anything? Who do we think we are? And and you know I think I think you're right. It's it, it's a total coincidence. You know. Are you telling me you have that in mind that you will, if someone said next week that Silva's gone, but you know Diego Simeone he wants the job, lads, but uh, you know, oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. he's never he's never managed us before. <laughs> it's 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 total. It just, it just does me head in. It really does me head in. And you know, we we all love Everton and we all love going and watching the team, but everybody else thinks about their football club in the same respects as as us. And it's it's the sort of thing we'll laugh at them out over the road for saying who you know who do they think they are? They, they think there's some kind of on superior level because of how they act and how they talk about their football club and when we do that sort of thing and talk about the football club in that sort of way we're basically adhering to the exact same principle yeah but they they, they walk the walk as well as talk the talk that's the thing isn't it they've they got something behind them to say that they're special and and that's the problem isn't it and yeah and, and but they're is... special now but they're special because they're they're executing now it doesn't have anything to do like we have this weird thing dave where we think that our history and i I did a random Twitter thread about this concept a few days ago, which actually was equally about the Dallas Cowboys as it was <laughs> Everton. But it was this idea that that there that as a fan base we get we become prisoners to our own history. We think that the history owes us something, or that it, it ought to just magically trigger uh, you know the results, and that's just not how it works. And and I think that we become we become prisoners to this notion that we're owed uh, an outcome when really there's I, I think that we have to acknowledge there's so much work that has to be done at every level of the club to get us to where we need to be. And that, that it, mm-hmm. if you think it's one person's fault or if it's just one hire that's going to change everything, I, those those days are gone where, where you could bring in one man, a new manager and that, that, that alone just magically made everything different. I think it's, I think now in modern sports and modern football, it is, it is a comprehensive approach to every level of the organization that, that makes you, makes you good. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's the that, that's the problem. The, the Evertonian mindset is just an enigma. Have you ever seen a film called The Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch and he solves the enigma? Oh, great movie. Yeah. yeah, absolutely brilliant. I don't think he could solve the Evertonian mindset uh, quite <laughs> quite so quickly and easily as he did with the uh, the Enigma Code. 
And and that, that that's um, I mean it's it's been a bugbear of mine for a long long time. That that sort of mindset, the this idea that we have this special or listen people buy into the football club for various different reasons and i completely get that and, and that's one of them they will tell you that evertonians aren't the same as everybody else they'll tell you about the club's history being one of the founding members of the football league things like that and everton do have an identity but it's an identity nonetheless it's not it's not something that is is tangible and you know you're able to sort of put a a price tag on it and you can't touch it and feel it but yeah people act as if those things are tangibles so when when you're talking about give it to Arteta and Kale and you've got to have oh, big Jesus. you got to have big Duncan Ferguson involved would it be nice if they were great managers and they come to the club and absolutely smashed it to pieces and we won countless trophies absolutely it feel a lot better knowing that it was never Tony who did that completely Absolutely, I'm on board with all that. But the fact remains that that shouldn't be a reason why we turn to those individuals when we feel as if the club is in need. And and that, to me, it's quite a defeatist attitude, I think. I think it's also quite unhealthy to think that way um, because I put something on about... Somebody put about Duncan Ferguson, why is he at the club and things like that. And, you know, I think they're valid questions, but the questions for another time. He's not anywhere near as responsible as anybody else for what's going on at the football club right now. I wouldn't even hold him partly responsible. People are saying, oh, you know, why hasn't he gone for under four failed managers? Which, you know... On okay. another, it's on, an easy punching bag, but, but that has on, nothing to do with why we've been bad. But <laughs> on another day, it's a valid question. I, I accept sure. that. But what, I, what I, my sort of rebuttal was to that was, I, I don't really care what Duncan Ferguson's role is at the football club because the, there are bigger things going on right now. Some blues took that as me having a go at Duncan Ferguson, um, remarkably, and they were really vociferous in the response to me. They were like, how, how dare you say you don't care about Big Dunk? He gets it, he gets us. I don't want an Everton manager, anybody associated with the football club, until he walks through the door and put on a blue shirt, to know what being Everton is, because as far as I'm concerned, the last three thirty years, it's been nothing but abject failure and disappointment. Yeah. Why would yeah. anybody? Why would you want anybody to get that? And I don't care if he, you know. I've got a friend who, who bangs on about Tim Cale and how good of a manager he's going to be. I think he's only just started doing his coaching badges. And I asked him, well, what are his credentials for him to be part of the coaching setup or even on the backroom staff? Uh, well, he gets the club. Okay, well, what does he get? Well, you know, you look. He's the only one who scored in a derby. I was like, is that what we're really down to? Is that is that, is that, is that, is that, is that the, the denominator we're down to right now? That we're saying, yeah, oh, somebody who's actually does. scored a goal against Liverpool. Only, only what? Only one of which I think was part. No, two were part of winning games. Matty Pennington for the job. Well, that's it. And I yeah. went. To, I, it was quite funny because the conversation escalated into those shouts about. Uh, Matty Pennington and things like that, and you know, because we get less got in as uh, freak, as manager. Is it, Jermaine, guys, Beck, is it Jermaine Beckford is it as striking coach. Let's go straight into it then. Uh, West Ham season so far. Um, I, I have to say, before we were going to do this call, I was going to come on and talk about how positive things seem to be going. Um, a lot of exciting players. But I read a column from yourself today uh, in the newspaper about how maybe it's it's not all it's not all positive at the moment in regards to West Ham. Um, how are you feeling about things so far this season? I think it's been uh, sort of quietly encouraging. Um, they've, they've obviously had a much better start than they did last year when 
they lost the first four games under Manuel Pellegrini, uh, which was the first time they'd done that since uh, the Avram Grant season, 10-11, uh, when they ended up finishing bottom and going down to the championship. So there was a little bit of, uh, of nervousness after that after that happened. But obviously, Pellegrini was far too good a manager for, for something similar to happen again. Um, and I don't know if you remember, they, they, they went to Everton uh, in in the middle of September and uh, they, they got their first win, Yarmolenko scoring twice. Um, so obviously it's been a little bit better than uh, than it was last year. Um, you can you can see where you can see signs of progress, but at the same time, uh, I just feel that there's been maybe a little bit too much hype around them. There's been a lot of talk about pushing for the top four, uh, particularly after they beat Manchester United last month. Where I think what needs to be remembered at the moment is that this is a very poor. Manchester United side who finished that game without a recognised striker because uh, Marcus Rashford got injured in in that match and I didn't think that West Ham sort of blew them away as such. I thought that it was probably quite an average match um, to be honest and, and West Ham scored a couple of good goals without really impressing too much. It was kind of a professional victory and then I think they got their reality check to be honest against uh, Crystal Palace. Um, Maybe a little bit of arrogance, complacency crept into that game. Uh, they, they missed a few chances. They made a couple of silly errors at the back after taking the, the lead through through Sebastian Allaire. And in the end, they got punished um, by, by a Palace side who sort of don't, um, they don't sort of sparkle in attack necessarily, but they, they, they certainly are organised and, and they know how to defend and they can make it frustrating for you if you, if you aren't 100% at it. So I thought there was just a little bit for them to maybe take from, from that game and think, you know what, actually, we aren't necessarily completely there, even though there's been a lot of talk of this sort of being the, the best squad they've had for, for years and everything, and, and there's, there's all this feeling that they can maybe push for the top six this season. The Blue Room's Matt J Football has asked, favourite piece of footballing shithousery you've ever seen? Paul, you're chomping at the bit here. Go ahead. No, I'm not. But I definitely have one. And if I don't say it, either someone will take it or I'll... Oh, Everton, Newcastle away. John Joe Kenny with the infamous... <laughs> Where's the ball gone for a throw-in? That's one of my favourites ever. Oh, because it's something we have never... Certainly since... And the other one was... Um, is Nev in the 95 Cup final where Mark Hughes goes to try and keep the ball in play and he fakes like to sort of clear it yeah. and swipes across and just lets the ball go out and Mark Hughes <laughs> like flies obviously towards the Hordens. Sends it for a hot dog. So actually good Everton things and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Not again as Jake was saying, that's it. No. Bit of positivity no Everton, there to no, start. No that John Joe Kenny one, was that Allardyce's first game when we won 1-0? No, he had had about three, four games at this Oh, point. sorry, I forgot. He'd had the West Ham game as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. did he, cl- he didn't claim the Southampton away one, did he, by any chance? No, I didn't think so. No, he would claim that. <laughs> God. That was, that was when I thought we were going to get into it. Jake, what's yours, mate? Um, I mean, if we're talking, just an Everton-related one, um, the John Heitinger, Ashley Cole. Oh, sensational. That was, yeah. that was, that was excellent, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that was everything. That was that was that was his highlight of of his Everton career, and I'm <laughs> yes. fine with that. Like I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, I think if you're looking at like a football one, um, I think was it was it uh, David Luiz who who was on the floor and then took his hands off his face and like done like a wink and a smile. Oh, the, oh yeah, I think it might have been, mightn't it? I mean that that's horrible to see, but great as well. <laughs> if that, if you're not involved in that, then you know, that was quite good actually. Uh, and of course, uh, Rivaldo, Rivaldo as well. 
that's uh, the one the that just flag. reminded me yeah, of the then, yeah. Flag. I mean, just great to see. Just... I mean, that ball was travelling at some speed, like when it flicked up in his face. I think he, it, it was, you know, as as the old, I don't know who it was, but the old little rhyme. Everything's connected, isn't it? You know, your face is connected to your chest, so that it would have reverberated. I'm just making. Well, yeah, yeah. We've all done it on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Go in the shop, not even playing fuzzy. I would watch yours, mate. Mine's a more recent one, to be honest, than any of these, but. Last January when we played Millwall in the FA Cup and Neil Harris is like screaming for the telly to be oh, turned amazing. off so they don't yes. check the goal. That's a good. I thought you were going to say uh, Yerimina faking injury to go off. No, the Neil <laughs> Harris one that, that that's up there with some of the best things I've ever seen. If we hadn't been beat three two out of laws at that for weeks, to come, it wouldn't have been totally brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can see the um, it was like a handball. Marco Silva's shouting their, their players are like looking to the floor and there you have Neil Harris in the background <laughs> screaming to turn the tally off <laughs> it was excellent I remember we were watching that right and my mum and dad and Tom was like apoplectic with rage apoplectic sorry with rage and he was saying he's just looked at the screen we wouldn't do that at Goodison Oh, and would we have done that at Goodison? Too right we would have. The if whole that... park end would have been pointing. <laughs> They'd have been like throwing stuff at the screen to break it. So the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. If we hadn't the screen's already there. been broken, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to split, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that's a bit of a mean that. Yeah. <laughs> you can have it. Thanks, I will. Um, a couple of Everton ones sprung to my mind. Ashley Williams and Morgan Schneiderlin with the ultimate, oh, fuck this, I'm off, red card. Oh, where they yeah, just launch yeah. an assault that was just embarrassing yeah because they're one, like yeah. do you know what I can't be arsed with this anymore just throw the album in right I'm off see ya the Ashley Williams putting my face in the shares yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah, ultimate yeah, yeah. but I think I think my favourite ever is because it went so horribly wrong was Steve McMahon on John Ebrill when he did that two footed tackle and completely blew his knee apart yeah so it's, it's, it's at Anfield don't know if you've seen this Owen do you know this one no no so it's at Anfield John, I think John Ebrill's playing left back in this game Steve McMahon comes in with an absolutely horrific two-footer tackle on John Ebrill and he has to get stretched off himself. Ebrill gets up, walks <laughs> off, fine. McMahon just blew his knee up, didn't he? Well, you've just reminded me of two things there. It's not really... It, it's slightly I've got related. another one in a minute. Gaza and Gary Charles, 91. Oh, um, yeah. Cup final. It was a cup final, wasn't it? Yeah. It's Tottenham beat Forest. Yes, it and was. And Gaza yeah. goes in with a reckless challenge, and obviously he tore his ACL, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, before he went, and the next game he played was for Lazio, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Petty Groves to McMahon in the uh, '89 game, the famous game where Arsenal had to win oh, by two clear goals. Yeah. Oh, the two 0 Sorry, yeah. Yeah, and McMahon had said something, doesn't he? Hadn't he? Like, didn't they have the? Um, I think. I think it was like the 89th minute. And McMahon oh, we did was the one saying, minute. yeah, one yeah. minute to go. Yeah. And then when Michael Thomas scores, Petty Groves goes back and taps him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> one minute left, yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you go into Google and you just um, yeah, search for some images, yes. there's loads of good images from that game at the end. And then um, when um, Beckham, Beckham missed a penalty, slipped over against Turkey for England and Alpai was saying something to him and Beckham was blowing him a kiss and yeah, then Alpine yeah. was trying to get at him then like plus, scrappy do plus <laughs> the, uh, the, the Arsenal Man United penalty Van Nistelrooy missing oh and God, Keogh. Keogh. oh yeah that was this, this is a good, good question this yeah. is a good question. and another good one was man I don't know if you know about this one but I'll say about three year, two or three years ago um, Derby versus Cardiff were playing it was on Sky I think it was Derby anyway and the game got called off for like um, snow 
and Neil Warnock was absolutely livid that the game had been called off. He said, there is no snow in Derby, it's all cleared up. So what they did, I think they sourced the whole... Cardiff team just sat in the reception until they played the game or something like that. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just sat That's in the reception. The bus was outside the ground. And you just see like the whole Cardiff City coaching staff sitting on the reception. Waiting, like that, is it? Waiting, waiting, <laughs> just absolutely waiting for something to happen. It ended up being like six o'clock before they all got told, look, you better go home. That's reminded me of the one when uh, Everton beat Stoke to nil or 2-1 the other year and it snowed mm. and Stoke only cleared half the pitch oh yes <laughs> yeah. so Tosin scored yeah when Tosin scored right. Stoke cleared half the pitch and it totally did them in that's it for this week's highlights from the Blue Room Extra just to remind you if you want to hear a little bit more from us it's 3 99 a month works at around 13p a show and it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra have a good weekend up the toffees and we'll speak to you again very soon Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash go. netsuite.com slash go. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.